The Luck Stops Here podcast with Scott Bowser is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, promo code LSH. Sorry for my raspy voice, but that almost makes that promo sound a lot better. I I sound like a real bookie that's been there, that's done some shit. I've done I've done some time. I've 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 served with certain fellas, you know, that that might work in the unions. <laughs> and I'm here with my guest who has worked in the unions, Mr. Andy Jewett. Andy, how you doing, buddy? Hi, Scott. How are you feeling? I know it's been a harrowing little bit for you. Yeah, it's been a weird. But you definitely you definitely sound more bookyish for sure you you got a little more <laughs> like dirty uh like ruddy-faced goodfellas man in you right now yeah i i uh had well i've had some health issues this week as we'll we'll discuss um but like yeah i was having some like it started off with uh like a lot of sweating on monday i was sweating profusely monday like just out of control and then uh like, like apropos of nothing, you're just like, yeah. where were you when you started? When you started sweating, it was like you? at work mostly, and so okay. and it was like a busy day at work, but still, like it, it uh, that level of sweating is more is very uncommon for me, and I like sweat through two different masks where I had to change them. Like it was a whole that's thing. That, that's a, that's annoying. That probably happens more often than I think about in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and like I work indoors and stuff, so like in the climate controlled. Uh, areas. I mean, I you shouldn't have been sweating like that. Shouldn't have been sweating like that. And then, uh, like, I was getting like dry heaves and stuff, and that's kind of like my voice got raspy from all the dry heaving. That I was like getting real nauseous. And then I had bad diarrhea that night, and then well, the next day I had like a chest pain that felt like a fucking sledgehammer drilled me like right in the sternum, and it shot yes. up my my chest and it went up like my right jaw. And it went like up my right Weird. jaw, and, like my I was in like crazy pain, and it went like back down into my chest, kind of. But my jaw was still hurting, and I thought yeah, I was either having like a small heart attack or like a s- small stroke or something. Sure, like, like it was. It was in that in that in that in that mind space. Were you able to recognize it? Did you check? Yeah, it? yeah. And I went and smile if you had a stroke and all that. I didn't think to do that. I didn't know. I didn't know you're supposed to smile to see if you. Have if you can, if you can't smile, you're having a stroke. Okay. Well, I wasn't gonna. I don't, it's kind of <laughs> hard. Dr. Jewett's here, not board certified, <laughs> not qualified in any way. But I've heard that many, many times. It's kind of hard to fucking uh, like smile <laughs> when you think you might be having a heart attack. I will say, or, or something's going. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a weird time. It's like. You're the Joker if you do that. You are batshit crazy, dude. Like, yeah. If you're on if you're on Dud's doorstep and you're like checking if you're gonna smile, yeah. Look there, at the there, you smile. really you're you're really committed to your your own bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so well. I told a coworker and he kind of walked me downstairs to the my manager's office. Told him they decided to get me in the ambulance and take me to the ER. Also, because my right, dad right. did die of cardiac arrest around the same age I am now, so with the family oh, wow. health history, health history, it's been, I was terrified. Yeah, it was really scary. And you figure I, you know, I, I want to like uh, just get there, do the same thing. And apparently, it was all covered under workman's comp. Well, I'm learning now that for the ambulance and ER visit, Nevada has a state law where workman's comp doesn't count on chest pain stuff. So. What the? F- oh, what? Well- 
because everyone there is on a respirator and a rascal pulling I, penny slots. I guess and if so. you, if they did that for everyone, the whole the whole country would be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the first good theory I've heard why that why the, there would be a law that cruel that exists. Like, like if well, you it's, don't it's actually, horrible, but, if you don't but actually have a heart casino attack, owners, yeah. Like if you, I think if you have a heart attack, you're good. But if I didn't. So like, but see, I don't know. I'm I still don't know because I'm getting an ultrasound tomorrow or Saturday. Okay, so you'll know you'll have like a more complete look now. But based on where you're at now, it sounds yeah. like you have. Well, a we'll little get bit into better of a we'll get in with what what the tests I have coming up. Um, okay, okay. But uh, so so the first like the fucking paramedics, like the fire department guys, come out and see me. And then they're like, the, then the ambulance shows up and they're like, hey, so we're going to take you what hospital? And they're like, this one's just right here around the block. I'm like, yeah. Well, if I'm having a heart attack, take me to the one that's fucking closest to jag off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, so they asked you? Yeah, they asked you what hospital you want to go to. And well, have, did they have any advice for that? Like, well, what they, obviously the closest one makes the most sense. What they but didn't like, who tell they, me what they did. Who were they dispatched by? Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't, I'm not sure. How, I, I don't did this how did that ambulance get there? <laughs> yeah. How did they not have a plan? <laughs> so they take me to University Medical Center on Charleston Boulevard here in Las Vegas. And let me tell you, it was like a prison hospital, dude. Like, I immediately show up getting stretchered in. And some, like, heroin junkie and detox starts heckling me and the EMT that's bringing me in. She's like... You stick to taking care of your man, bitch. <laughs> like all this. Uh... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. And I, I look... a, it sounds super eventful. And she starts like shrieking in agony right when like the cardiology technician starts checking me with the EKG. And I look, oh, oh great, a Greek chorus. And I kind of got a laugh out of that. <laughs> that wasn't a bad joke. Yeah, that... That did that moment help you realize that maybe you were at least had your wits about you? Yeah, yeah. That I, that's when I realized, okay, like I can joke about this right now. Like I'm, like I'm, I'm not dying, but there's something definitely wrong. Something like, bad is happening. Yeah, but this is a good I'm, wake up call to get checked out, kind of thing. But definitely, it sounds like it. But now with the, I didn't know about the state workers' comp laws. Wish I just would have had one of my coworkers drive me over there because it's going to be a lot cheaper that way. But I don't want, there's still pending claims with that. So I don't want to jinx it too much and talk, okay. go too deep into that. But so I'm sitting there and then gotcha. it becomes like a fucking all, like any ER visit. I'm there all day. And so, and this place is awful, dude. Like, so like one of the first things I see that's like, oh, this ain't normal is when they bring me back. Some, the person they brought me back, they brought another person back too. they, dude like they're they're in a wheelchair and they weren't pushing them at all and then like they blocked like the, the wheelchair was blocking the door that and they're like follow me follow me and i'm like well this person's right in front of me so i start pushing in the wheelchair and they get all pissed off at me and i'm like this is a fucking <laughs> seinfeld episode right now like like i'm getting in, tr in trouble at the emergency room because i'm pushing the wheelchair person that they parked in the doorway in front of me telling me to follow them like this is a fucking like this is a goddamn setup, but I feel like my life's on the line with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like super chaotic, super unorganized, and super apathetic in, in, in like all over the place. Yeah, they did, they did not care about, they did not value human life whatsoever in this emergency room there. It was Oof. definitely more of a prison vibe. Like when I got a DUI, the jailer was much nicer to me 
when I got in the drunk tank than the people were when I thought I was having a heart attack in the emergency room, which is a very... Oh, my God. That's rough. Says a lot about our for-profit prison and healthcare system. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I know how hard, like, lots of people work in those... uh, That industry, obviously, all those things. But also, like, I can't even... I can't even imagine being an EMT in Vegas or working in an ER in Vegas whether I was a, a nurse, a, a custodian, or a doctor. Yeah. Like, I, like the, the volume and weirdness that's just constantly assaulting you is like, some people can't, like, my ex-wife's a um, licensed marriage and family counsel, counselor, and, like, that stuff wears on her, right? I can, and, and lots of people quit her profession because all those things are so heavy or, like, just so much to take on. this a trauma center, so, like, gunshot, gunshot <laughs> And this place is there. a gunshot wound Wednesday at the strip <laughs> club hospital in Las Vegas. Yes. So that's, like, <laughs> that's a lot stacked up right there that doesn't feel good, like, off the top. <laughs> no. So, dude, so, like, I saw, I witnessed an orderly. This is the next horrible fucking, mal- this is the next violation of fucking whatever health fucking code shit, uh, I sure. thought, this guy wasn't wearing gloves first off and why he, would he he wiped something off the fucking <laughs> like one of the pa- the patients then didn't i'm glad this guy didn't touch me and i didn't have to deal with him at all because i see him wipe. okay so he wiped something off like i think he gave them an iv shot or something and then wipes their arm and then throws the fucking pad and then but it misses the medical waste fucking bucket so he picks it up bare hand still throws it back in then goes over to grab a glove, but as he pulls out a glove, it like he pulls all of them out. So now he's got his tainted hands, forcing a box of gloves back into the fucking thing. Weird. It was disgusting. That's a lot. And it's, it's that's like, really. And in the age of COVID, my senses are a little heightened about germs and things like that. Of course. <laughs> and I'm oh, what? I mean, that's there's, there's that's you're a rational human being. Yeah. I, and guess what? My so since I get there and at the, my blood pressure keeps even though the chest pains are going down, my blood pressure is going through the roof. It was actually at the highest when they discharged me, if you believe that or not. And then I get oh, to wow. see a co- colorful collection of people. <laughs> in yeah, the, that sounds no, no. I do believe it. I believe at this hospital when you're still escalating, sweating your balls off, and your heart is racing like a goddamn pony. Uh, yeah, they're like, hey, time to go before things get really bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, we need you to kind of go home, rest for a couple days, come back and see us. Yeah, drink some water, take some Tylenol, dude. So it was like, it was a whole thing. So then, like, they give, they have to take a bunch of blood for me. Now, thank God, the EMT, uh, they actually put the little IV rig in my arm, had me ready to go for them, because they were. Just, I remember them saying something. Oh yeah, give it to them now, so they don't have to do it. And I okay, so. They take blood from me and they take it a few vials and then some squirts out of one of the vials and gets all over my arm and a lady just walks away and I'm like, I have to like look at one of the other people. I'm like, can I get like, Did a, you see that? <laughs> can I get an alcohol wipe and clean my, clean my blood off myself? You fucking like, <laughs> it sounds like the, the hospital that time forgot. That's like yeah. really spooky dude. And then, so, uh, when it was time to leave, I actually had to ask them, Hey, are you guys going to take this IV thing out for me? And she's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get that for you. I-, I wouldn't let you leave without it. And I was like, are you sure? Like, Jesus Christ. Like wild. And so like wild. And some of the colorful people out there, I saw someone who definitely, I smelled it, shit their, their pants in the lobby. 
I uh, th- and they were trying to sleep on the floor, and they kept saying, "We're just gonna kick you out." I guess they deal with that a lot. Um, I feel like if um, if there was a highlights magazine like of this hospital, it'd all be just the terrible shit you just described. Like every day, there's someone that shits themselves. There was one lady multiple times a day, obviously in heroin. Circle detox. that guy. Oh yeah, there's an obvious detoxing lady going. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And she kept yelling at the security guards. I can't breathe, mister. Help me. And it's like, well, they're I mean, doing nothing. You couldn't, if you could read, couldn't breathe, you wouldn't be able to talk. I mean, let's, be, let's, <laughs> let's be real here. <laughs> that's how everybody knew she was okay. Yeah. Like the more you keep talking, the more we know you just feel like shit. As most of us in this hell forsaken <laughs> ER feel right now. I, I, you got to respect her. Uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease move she was you know she's used to she's used to yelling until something happens and you know sometimes she gets in the front of the line with that behavior finally when i get my results from the doc i have to do a chest x-ray finally when i get my results from the doctor uh he basically is like very uninterested at the time where i'm like hey it's starting to hurt when i exhale and he's just like yeah whatever i I don't i didn't basically i didn't hear that because if i hear that that's something else i have to address (laughs) now and so basically and i have to do all this paperwork the lady asked me when I'm doing all the paperwork and filling out the insurance stuff and filling out this and that. And it's not a fun experience. She's like, uh, where are you? What state are you born? I'm like, California. Oh, you sound like you're from New York. And she kept calling me the New Yorker after that. And I don't know what kind of New York vibe I'm getting on giving up. Mr. Queens himself. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> Staten Island's finest, dude. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> oh my god i mean she just she she like it's so funny because like you're right now you're in a white t-shirt and you've yeah. got like a darker hair right now and i guess and tattoos and whatever and it's see i guess you could be cast in a new york vibe i, I guess yeah, i could definitely play a wise guy as like a an extra in a scorsese yeah. movie or whatever yeah like yeah 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 so she was just like doing all of that because her whole life is the movie with nicholas cage where he's an emt <laughs> oh bringing out the dead i love that movie so much dude yeah oh that's scorsese too <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, the guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy that just takes a lot of pills to work a 24-hour emt shift <laughs> yeah. yes with Tom Size, with Tom Sizemore, Ving Rames, and John Goodman. Oh boy! Woo! That's a that's a crew right there. Half those guys are dead. Yeah. <laughs> are they? They're no, they're not. None of them are. Um, but I've heard I've heard like rumors that Tom Sizemore is dead like a hundred times. Oh, yeah, he actually, dude. When because uh, I'm from Whittier, California, where friend of the show Evan Nix is living now. And oh uh, yeah, um, dude. There was like rumors going around, like the local bars for a minute, that like Tom Sizemore was like, like, like turning local hotel rooms into meth flop houses and getting kicked out for like a couple of weeks straight. And then it just, yeah, that stuff happens. Yeah, like it's just Tom Sizemore went on a Whittier bender years ago. But he dude, um he's from Detroit, and I think he like there. I, I gotta confirm this at some point, but I think he went to my high school at some point. I don't think I think he was there like for a semester and got kicked out or something. But he, like, someone keep has the there's you know friends you have from high school. They're like, oh, Tom Sizemore went to Brother Ice. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like when? And then I always look for it, and it says Detroit, Michigan, and there's no other information. I'm gonna check back in that uh, on that for you and get and let you. Know. Yeah, dude, because that'd be kind of cool if you could like hit him up through some like alumni association bullshit. <laughs> be like, hey, you've been assigned to fucking. 
like be my big brother in the high school of my like I think I show think business, like <laughs> unfortunately Sizemore has had a lot of trouble I think and uh, yeah, I think you've had more success lately than he has. Well, uh yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> but he's he's in heat and I'm not. That's true. And he's also saving private Ryan. I mean, he's Yeah, he's, he's Tom, Tom Sizemore's great. No, Tom Sizemore is phenomenal. Well, yeah, yeah, the lady was fucking telling me, like, calling me the New Yorker and shit. And then, like, here's something that kind of blew their mind, like my insurance card. Because it was supposed to be through this workman's comp thing. And they took my insurance as the secondary insurance on it. And then that, like, they didn't know how to input it because I have dental and uh, uh, vision on there in, in addition to a pretty good uh, health package. And they're not used to seeing that in this hospital. Yes, so they didn't even know they where your confused. tab was. Yeah, they were confused. Like, wait, what's all this? Oh, that's. Oh, you, you know what I'm realizing as we're about 20 minutes into this or whatever, wherever we're at, is that the reason that those <laughs> people that picked you up for like which hospital do you want to go to, it were said that because they knew this was the hospital. Yeah, I mean, dude, this right? Guy, so I mean... they were probably they were probably asking, or at least I'd like to believe that they were partially because they were like. Oh, maybe this guy wants to go to a better hospital. <laughs> yeah. Next time I need to know what the good one is to go to. And if it's across town, <laughs> fuck it, dude. Take me to the good one if it's pretty close. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> care, dude. Like, unless I'm dying, 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 don't take me there. Like, it was, <laughs> dude. And like, I mean, and like, it's like I said, some of the people there were just a fucking train wreck. And my phone's dying the whole time. And I need certain information from my work about the insurance that they're sending me on my phone. So I needed a charger and it becomes a whole thing. So anyway, they ba- at the end of the day, Whew. the doctor basically tells me, eh, you need to go see a specialist. And so, right. so it's like, Hey man, ch- <laughs> so what is the, what's the vibe? And, and I'm only asking cause you've shared all the other things, but what's the vibe about like the chest pain that goes from your chest up to your face and jaw. Like, what's that about? Did they address that in any capacity? No, they, they basically were like, they, they said, uh, your blood look, your blood work looks fine. <laughs> and, uh, um, and like, yeah, dude. you seem like you're healthy as an ox and, and uh, your heart's not enlarged. We saw that on the, the x-ray. Basically that's it. Those two things. They're like, we're gonna- you, you can, can you identify like, in the last week food or, or like have you been staying up late or anything weird? Well, okay. That's kind of part of it because I did see the specialist this morning. I had to contact the specialist and under my plan, I was able to find a guy. I actually live down the street from the Nevada heart and vascular center. It's actually 0.2 miles from my pad. So it's just okay. right at the end of my block, literally in the shopping center at the end of my street. So I go there and I still drive cause I'm a fucking lazy fuck, you know, but it's, but it's on sure. the other side of the street and you got to go around. The it's survival. Vegas. Like it's you're Vegas. walking enough anyways, yeah. please. So, uh, I start telling him some of the stuff. And when I tell him like the jaw stuff, the guy, the cardiologist is like, Whoa, that's not good. And I'm like, yeah, I wish the people. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. Yeah. The people at the ER didn't seem to think that, but I'm glad you're on my team guy. <laughs> Man, okay, so he's so we're looking into it is the whole point. Like we're, we've got yeah, so, tests to coming up so and, here, and those types of things. Now here's the fun part is uh, the test coming up. So I'm getting an ultrasound on my heart uh, Saturday, and so that's supposed to uh, 
Okay. Ideally, there's no card. I, I, hopefully, there's no coronary blockage or something like that going on there or anything. That's good. It's honestly just like good to find out. Like, yeah, right. I don't know why they, they don't like once a year, everyone should be able to check. Okay. But then my next one, I got to go for the stress test. And okay. Do you know what a stress test is? I mean, I, I know what it sounds like. What do you think it is? <laughs> I don't know if it's like. My, I make like instantly made it about myself and was like, oh, like I sometimes don't handle stress in the best way. And I didn't know if it was related to that, but then I realized maybe it's like an endurance of pain test. It's well, I, it, I don't think it's quite endurance of pain, but they inject, they're going to inject me with a bunch of stuff and then have me like hook me up with like oh, shit. And then I run on the treadmill and they monitor me like an old 80s sci-fi movie, dude. Oh my God. So it's that's going to be running man. It's going to be running man shit. Can you yeah. have AirPods? Can you put like the most hilarious playlist ever on? That's what I'm hoping I can do. Cause this is a two hour appointment. <laughs> it's like, and why if, is he laughing while he's running? Yeah. If they won't let me put a fucking, like, I immediately thought I need to have the Scarface push it to the limit song. While I'm, <laughs> while I'm on there, while hooked up running on the treadmill, dude, if I can't have that moment in my life, what the fuck am I living for? <laughs> I, Dude, now's the time. They'll probably tell you no because they don't want you to like artificially change your, your ish. Yeah, but, but uh, it's it's a fun idea. Yeah. Also, I should be able to do like the Rockies three and four soundtrack, basically the whole, all of them. Like, like yes, Burning Heart or whatever. And then you got like I had a tiger. I do. There'd be some. I think. I think. I would say. I don't know if you were gonna keep going. I'm not to keep going. Add, here. <laughs> add um, no. Add underrated. Okay. Terrible movie. Objectively, right? Rocky Five is terrible. Okay? okay. Tommy Morrison. It's rough. But underrated. Heart and Fire. Joey Heart, Bielis. Yeah. No. See, Heart and Fire is <laughs> definitely on the list already. Like. Uh, okay. Good. That's okay, already good. on my list. Trust me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, you're the best from Karate Kid. <laughs> like that's definitely on there. Oh, uh, no question. That's uh, a great one. Yeah, I think I got. I had a tiger. Yeah. So far, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of other ones that might be good, but that's. I think so far that's a pretty solid. Well, like five. Six. I feel like the the other action movies you don't have that make you feel excited that are like kind of put you there, you know. I should probably get like the Matrix. like sports rock and action. What about some like Matrix soundtrack? Because it does feel it's got a hundred percent treadmill stuff's got some Matrix vibe to it, big time. Like, <laughs> yeah, you need you need some old, ready, steady, go, Paul Oakenfold. And like, I, do you remember that Simpsons where Bart has to like, like he's getting tested for something, and they're like, was the treadmill totally necessary? Like he's like he's on the electrodes with the treadmill. And then Bart, they're like, actually, like Marge is asking, the treadmill was the treadmill necessary? It's like actually, man, <laughs> that, that was your son's idea. It's like, and it's like it's, it's he asked for it. That's he right. asked for it, and it's so true because that's a fantasy of every boy born from the, I'd say from the early seventies through the late eighties. Every boy has definitely had a run on treadmill hooked up to shit because so many movies. Either you're a badass when you do that, or like you're like legit, like an alien, like you're you're something. The ones from uh, I feel like you've got the ones covered. Like you you've got all the the big ones from Rocky, but you need the one that's literally Dolph Lundgren with the electrodes on it. <laughs> yeah, R- running in the dark with like a like a <laughs> no like his backlit and he's just like a silhouette that you can barely see him just sweating and staring down the the camera in a strobe light. <laughs> like dude, Nick Rutherford was telling me that he's like. 
you, you it's like Rocky Four. Your choice is like run on the thing with the ele- like run on the treadmill with the shit, or go out in the cabin and saw logs or whatever fuck whatever the fuck Rocky did. Yeah, <laughs> eat eat an egg and then go up and down between the slabs of beef punching. Yeah, like that's run, this, run, running in Siberia with like no gloves. Yeah, that's my only choices <laughs> at this point now to make sure I'm a healthy adult male. <laughs> it's so funny what motivates you or still gets you like that though. It's so silly like. You feel ashamed, but you're like, no, this is unironically fun. I would rather run to this. And if someone could just DJ my brain and and give me the things like this that I like, I'd probably be in a lot better shape and work out a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, hey, this is for your life. Do this. On a tr- I don't know if I have to run to. I'll, I'll probably just have to walk. It's probably going to be pretty boring. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Like it's, it's probably not going to be. As, I'm, I'm probably hiding did, it up uh, way too much in my head, dude. I did a life insurance P test today that I hyped up big in my head. And it was like very benign, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I had, a, I had a full paramedical exam and I'm like, this is the longest period I haven't smoked in quite a while. Oh, so and uh, everything went great. That's great, dude. That's, I'm glad you can uh, celebrate with some good doobage tonight, dude. <laughs> well, we'll see, Scott. Whoa, okay. It's unofficial and off the record. So my next test coming up after that is... I have to uh, go in for a in-house sleep study test. It's an office okay. a couple blocks from my path. I got to go to this weird office and spend the night. Uh, oh, man. It's a, sleep- it's, <laughs> it's it's a sleep- sleepover? Yes. <laughs> what is that? What does that room even look like? Is that like a I normal? I don't, dude, <laughs> it better not look like one of those by-the-hour hotels. <laughs> <That'd> be... <laughs> Like, is there just two beds and then there's like, they're all on the Dude. wall and you're just there with a hundred people that look like they're I don't know. taking I, a nap okay. at a Japanese business office. And then there's a big cafeteria <laughs> where you get food and there's one place where you take a dump or what? Dude, I don't know if it's like a regular hospital room. I was talking to my friend about it. He said his mother-in-law had this happen and uh, it was like a hotel room with a lab built into it. Kind of. Got it. That makes sense. You would think it would be like like... two rooms, I guess. So there's like a lab side and like a hotel room side where I'm supposed to, but like I was talking to a good friend of the show, uh, my friend Eli Braden, and Eli was like, Yeah, he's like, Dude, you got to beat off in there, dude. (laughs) You got to get the readout from the beat off time. They're going to run it. Won't they run in, though? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. What happened? They're like, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess they can watch me, right? It's okay. So, what Well, he, they'll know you're not sleeping because your brain activity will indicate that you But the sleeping. radiologist says with all my symptoms and everything I've been going through, it sounds mostly like it's sleep apnea. And so the sleep, right. the okay. sleep center test is supposed to be a big part of it where they can monitor me. But I've slept like shit my entire life. Usually I, I read a book or like, read bullshit on my phone and so like lately i've been teaching myself mafia history from 1880 to uh okay. like contemporary times and i'm actually going to do like a fucking 10 part patreon special on that <laughs> like where I, oh wow i go through all of the history the founding of the commission uh the appalachian meeting uh you name it the kennedy assassination cool. jimmy hoffa all of it nice but like uh dude yeah so like i don't know like this I got to go do this. And then two weeks after the sleep room, I have like a sleep room uh, test results. 
So it's like, is it, and yeah. I've always known. This is a long process. Yeah, dude. Like, my final. I mean, it makes sense that it is. It's just like, you don't, I don't think about how involved it is. So, like, my final appointment I have on the docket right as of right now is July 14th. And that's not even including, I got to go get a heart monitor put in for a couple of days coming up here. They're going to track my okay. heart rhythms. I mean, that's probably also good. Yeah. So. But like, yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna know so much about how your body and heart functions that's like you didn't know before. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm getting it all done. It's not gonna end up costing me that much with my insurance plan. So like, thank God, like you know, my that's co- unbelievable to hear. Like my copay isn't much on some of these. Now the uh, the the treadmill thing that's not cheap. That's that that kind of. <laughs> you're like Bart Simpson. You're choosing it, so yeah. it costs more. <laughs> I'm not choosing it. This was I, once I. <laughs> Once I looked into what it was, I was reading the packet they gave me about it. I was like, oh, this sounds badass. <laughs> You're like, nah. yeah, dude, this is straight running man shit. You've got to get all the Schwarzenegger tracks. You got to get I hope even the, let, the pu- I hope they let me make a video. Oh my God. Just set up like a bunch of different tripods and just go to town. Just get a selfie sick, dude. Fuck it. <laughs> That feels now, now Scott. That feels like you're back in LA now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I do this whole exam with a selfie stick? Is that cool? Is that cool, guys? Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to be playing uh, almost. I'm going to run Rocky four Mevo cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and every Rocky song ever. Yeah, like, <laughs> and you know maybe a few other hit classics. Like, dude, yeah, no, like the sleep test though is like Nick Rutherford. I was telling him about. It. He's all, I've always wanted to do one of those. Not because I have sleep problems, just because I want to go sleep in a weird office somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just like just to be monitored and figure out what my deal is with sleep while enjoying a room that's similar to a Hampton Inn with medical equipment. Yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna. It's and like, how are they gonna monitor my sleep? Because that's the most abnormal sleep situation they can put me in. I'm not gonna sleep well that night. I can guarantee you that right now, especially if I don't have my my fucking bong and my weed pen right there next to me to take a rip in the middle of the night to go back to sleep. Yes, like it, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna reveal some shit. You might want to consider not doing it for trying not to do that for a couple of days so that you know, so that you can yeah do it right. I did it on a Friday afternoon, so I I'll be worn down from the week by then. So I'm hoping okay, and, and that's dude, that's good. And one thing they asked me that was kind of funny was like they're like. We have two time slots for that Friday, uh, 8 and 9 p.m. Which time do you want? And I'm like, well, fucking 9 p.m. I'm not going to get there an hour early. <laughs> fucking like, what the? Yeah, I'd love to watch Jeopardy there. Yeah, what kind of psychopath do you think I am? Can I, can I actually come in at 6 and like yeah. just get comfortable and then like yeah. get a lay of the land and then we'll pretend I came in at 9? <laughs> do you guys have an early bird special over there? <laughs> Yeah, I heard they have microwave cheeseburgers till six. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's, ba- I mean, hey, we covered that basically in a half hour. I'm pretty proud of that. Like, I didn't, like that's basically <laughs> it for right now. I mean, we'll see what my ultrasound, I'll be giving updates on the show here. Because, hey, this isn't your standard episode. Normally, I just talk about Dogecoin and being a degenerate over at mybookie.ag. Our wonderful... my, I love mybookie.ag. Yeah, you, if you use our promo code LSH, you can bet on whether or not I'm going to beat off in the fucking sleep center. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, like... Well, what's the over-under uh, on how many over times? under Over-under on cholesterol. Over-under on oh, yeah, hyper- hypertension. Over-under on those types of things. 
Dude, I mean, my blood pressure when I left the other day was like 185 over 110 or whatever. It's fucking like, holy cow. Yeah. That was my and they're ed- like, yeah, they're like, you're free to you're go. You're good to go home. <laughs> we called you an Uber. Get the fuck out of here. No, I drove. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, right. Because you drove there. I forgot. No, actually, the ambulance drove me there. With my, well, the ambulance drove me there. I had my buddy Sorry, at work pre- get my, dro- I had my uh, managers at work drop my car off for me at the hospital parking lot. And then, oh, that was cool that they did that. Yeah. So, and I was good to drive. I mean, I was fine. It's not like I'd been boozing there. I wish sure, sure. it's like, dude, that that's the kind of lot that like, would be, that would be the thing you would like, Oh, I was boozing and I need to stop being an idiot. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, wasn't anything like that, dude. It was so yeah. What defines is work related too. is kind of funny that that's, in, in the state of Nevada, I've had this happen in fucking Arizona or California or Oregon or Colorado. I would have been chill, but no, I did it. happen to do it here. Like, so I, I happen so, to have a, cardiac of like symptoms here and what a bizarre thing like it also that's such i feel like that's such a libertarian thing right it's like totally dude we're not paying for that chest pain (laughs) anybody could have chest pain you fucking pussy we we started giving chest pain people free rides we got we got a whole problem here jack yeah like and like usually chest pain like that is like a fucking sign that something's wrong. And it was really funny. The insurance guy tried to explain to me over the phone, like, oh, my God, that sounds so awful. The pain sounds so bad. Unfortunately, in the state of Nevada. What happened was you that, won't be being covered, sir. That kind of pain. And I so like he said, I'm going to see if I can do something. But their lawyer is now advising that my claim gets denied on that, but I have other options. I'm okay. And also I got approved for a care credit card today so I can start putting all my future medical bills on that. And, uh, that's helpful. Yeah. That'll help. Beautiful. That's good. So you got your, you're in the, you're still in the whirlwind. You're not out of the woods, but you're, you're on the way to figuring out what the deal is. And then this is sort of act two and then act three will be okay. Now here's what the deal, what do I do now? Yeah. Let's fix the problems. And then, uh, yeah. You know, because I'm only 42. I want to live a healthy life going forward here. I don't want to. I don't want to be yeah. one of those dudes that dies of a heart att- same heart attack for like 40 years. <laughs> you know, fucking... just constantly <laughs> attack problems. And it's like, oh, yep. Scott's in Vegas. And, okay. <laughs> heart, having a heart attack every six weeks. Now, side note, the, the they were doing some construction work of the in the lobby of the health center today. I went to the heart center. And there's an OBGYN <laughs> office also in like the same part of the building. And so it uh-huh. looked like I was coming out of the OBGYN office and not the heart okay. center because of the construction. And as I was coming out, this like this woman and her like teenage daughter were walking in. And I could tell they were like taking it back because we're like, like why? Why is this sweating man here? Yeah. Why does this guy who I looks just, like he just had a heart attack? Yeah, coming out in of my the, business, coming out of the gynecologist's office. <laughs> They had, they had a different expectation when they walked up. <laughs> that guy, yeah, that guy should be going to the cardiologist. That guy looks like he should be going to the cardiologist instead. Wait, is that is that Tom Sizemore? <laughs> did he did he look extra sweaty and hairy, Tom Sizemore? <laughs> no, like that, that, like right when I walked out the door and that happened, I, they were looking at me really funny. I'm all. What's up your ass? I want to be like, what's up your ass, bitch? And I was like, wait, oh, they thought I was. You didn't say say that in front of the kids. Yeah, like (laughs) she was like seventeen. She's old enough. Oh, okay. But it was one of those things where it's like, oh man, they they thought I was coming out of the OBGYN office there, and yeah, I'm I'm your new doctor. (laughs) 
I just heard some news in that office, ladies, that made me want to get the fuck out of here. Good luck. <laughs> Enjoy this. <laughs> it kind of wipes away the safety blanket of mom when her nervous daughter sees her mom's face turn ash and white. Yeah. yeah like, when she's like, what the fuck? Who is this fucking lunatic? Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm the last person you want to see going in or out of a gynecologist's office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be only be better if you had one weird glove on like, for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to touch the door. Like all your normal shit, but is he a doctor or why does he, <laughs> did he not throw that out? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, I had my mask on. It was all, and it was, I was color coordinated. I looked good. I bet it was less scary than you think, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that you were the one to greet them. Yeah, it was a fun little, uh, it was a fun <laughs> little excursion over there. But like, I'm just glad I was able to find a good in-network cardiologist that close to my pad too, because like that's uh totally, you know, it's nice. It sounds, I mean, that's really cool. It sounds like you have like a upper ten percent level of insurance in America right now. I think I do. Yeah. So I mean, that really goes a long way with this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, that's huge. That's that's you 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 have a corporate America dope freaking insurance and and I have a really cool what everyone should have company too that were like everybody from my immediate manager to our president to uh like head of HR all of them were like take as much time as you need we got you covered like dude get this figured out like you're gonna be good like yeah yeah they're like they're take they're like your health is number one yeah exactly and a lot of places wouldn't do that you know like. Yes. Good luck getting Walmart or Amazon to do that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's that's like precious. And it's one of those things where I'm sure when just like every job, you have great days and bad days and you go, okay, well, at least I've got this great supportive group and I can go to the hospital. Yeah. It's like (laughs) when things do get tough, whatever. Yeah. There's a tough day. It's like, hey, dude, fuck. They'll go to bat for me. (laughs) That's amazing. So is the is the company you're, that you're talking about uh, mybookie.ag? No, it's not mybookie.ag, but they are also a fantastic company that okay. uh, where you can uh, they have an online casino. So you know, like if you, oh, nice. if you can't make it out here to Vegas, you can go to the online casino and play like roulette and blackjack oh, that's and fun. all kinds that's of dangerous. Things. Yeah, I went yeah. And played blackjack last weekend too. And actually, you know what? Part of the reason why I started this show is because i just got fully vaxxed like a month or so ago but i kind of was hesitant about going out still but finally they were reopening stuff over the weekend so i uh friday night after work i went this is a cool spot dude it's called the hard hat lounge it's my first official bar endorsement that i've been to since the show started and this is a segment kind of thing i've been wanting to do and my if you want to use mybookie.ag to bet on games and I go hang out at the hard hat lounge and watch the <laughs> games. I think this is a fanta- a- <laughs> fantastic idea. Cause that's like eating a, a club sandwich and a steak sandwich at the same time. Dude, they had reasonable drink specials. They had good. Uh, I didn't get any of the food, but some of my coworkers that I went with did. And they had like fucking poutine and uh, vegan pizza and all kinds of good options for this dive bar, which I thought was really interesting. They had a cool little patio out smoking patio outside. Uh, there's a, I think there was a pool table in there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They had a great, like, uh, digital jukebox where everybody pretty much only plays punk songs. So that was pretty fucking, had a very cool vibe. Sounds like a nice, it sounds like a nice chill vibe. Yeah. It's like, it's a couple blocks from the strip and the industrial area. And the story of it is it's been there since 1958. 
it was the uh, original bar for construction workers doing projects on the strip because the back in the 50s the strip projects were a lot fancier and they didn't want these greased dirty construction workers coming in there to drink after in their casinos so they built this dive bar out in the middle of the industrial area for them to drink at See, that's you, pretty cool you know those walls have seen some shit it's a tiny little place it's really cool so I give it a four and a half out of uh, five pints. That's my rating the, system. The, the hard hat lounge. Yeah. I'm taking okay. off a half a pint uh, because uh, <laughs> why am I taking off a half a pint? Oh, oh, because, okay, and this is more of a reflection on me than anything, but uh, a local hobo came up to me on the smoking patio, and I gave him a couple cigarettes, and... Uh, I felt so bad because he was telling me how many t- like he's been in and out of prison like his whole life as I was checking my crypto and watching it blow up and just being kind of like, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. And this guy's like life story as I fucking made like 70 bucks in crypto. And I thought that was a kind of a like, <laughs> disgusting act that made me feel like a piece of shit. And so sure. therefore, I don't give them the full five star treatment because I felt like I made myself feel like a piece of shit while being there. Yeah, it's, you got to you got to have. <laughs> It was almost perfect. It's not five stars. It's not five stars. You know, it was, it was, it was, you're being, oh. trying to give some inte- integrity to the radio. Also, system. when I sat on the bar stool, like it sunk like four inches and made me feel like a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was a chair that made you feel worse about it. Was, if it had like a barbershop chair, like vibe, or just like, <laughs> like, oh, nobody should sit in this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was trying to tell me, hey, fat ass, you're about to have a cardiac incident, you fuck. And you know, it's like a prop prop <laughs> chair that, like, when you sit on it, it's just like not what you think it is going to be. Yeah, I used me and my brother used to have what we used to, we had to hang out like a bunch of couches and stuff set up in our mom's garage to hang out in, and we used to have mm-hmm. a fake chair that we would put out because like like people that didn't know would always and even people that did know that got too drunk would sit in it and fall for our amusement. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Prop, That's a classic gag. Yeah. Prop, classic prop chair gag. Oh, you ever see Pure Luck, the Martin Short classic? Oh, of course. Yes. Where like, when uh, he's all blown up like a bumblebee? Yeah, yeah. But like there's the scene. With Danny there, Glover? Where they're like, this guy has the work like, on the planet. Like, how do you know that? They're like, okay. And they, they have meet, they have a freedom in this like conference room, this meeting room. There's like 50 chairs in there. I'm like, hey, just pick whatever chair you want. They're like, we only put one chair that was like fucked up in here. And he just immediately sits in the fucked up chair. <laughs> that one is, uh, I feel like that one is at what Cl- uh, Clifford wanted to be. Like Clifford is to me super funnier than that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Cl- I think Clifford is like so dumb that it's hilarious. Yeah, it's one of my. Uh, fa- and, and, I think I saw that in and, theater. And, like and pure luck times. is like that feels. Yeah, hundred percent. Pure luck feels like it was like on its way to Clifford. Yeah, like that. Like he's getting there. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Three Amigos might have originally opened up that portal. Yes. Oh well. Yeah, that was the big. That was probably Martin Short's first movie that that was that big for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he, especially because he was the third biggest star in that movie by far. Even though everyone who knows comedy and and a lot of American knew him from Saturday Night Live and all that, but he yeah he was that, that was before his, that was his like and I think that's A-list he got Inner Space off that. Well, no, maybe you're right. Maybe Inner Space is before that. I think because that was a pretty big right? movie. Yeah. So he had a little run going. He was the next big star on SNL, and he got some stuff in a row because some agents sold him into some cool shit. 
<laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. The high powered agents being like, yo, this guy needs to be in all these movies. That's what we all want. Yeah. I mean, like, especially like a movie like Clifford where it's like, I, I would love to go toe to toe with Groden. That would be amazing. Yeah. I want, I'm, oh I'm, my God. Charles Groden is so funny. Charles Groden is the one best. Of the, dude. One of the, one of the most underrated comedy stars of the whole century. I always, growing up, I always loved him in great Muppet caper. Oh yeah. He's, he was, he's great with children's stuff. Yeah. He's he, great with like super dirty stuff. He's great with like dark stuff. He, I, he's, yeah, he's incredible. Like, yeah, he's 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 alive, right? I think yeah. he's super old. Someone needs to do a Groden comeback. Like, like he's like eighty. He needs one of those um, King Mufasa lay in the bed rolls. Like he needs one of the like or like uh, yeah like uh, what was it? Uh, who was it in Magnolia? Fucking oh, um, Jason Robards. Jason Robards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs to be hooked up to a uh, Scott Bowser. Uh, IV and breathing machine. Yeah. <laughs> or or what's the other one? Uh, uh, fucking Bruce Dern in Nebraska. Oh yeah, he's that that he plays that masterfully for sure. Yeah, like I think Grodin could really, I think Grodin could sneak a late late stage Oscar nomination off something like that. If someone wrote a The Father for Groden like Hopkins style that would be so amazing oh dude like if I don't know if Groden has the energy like I don't know what's going on with him because he's he's been gone for a minute so maybe he's just not into it anymore he's probably just like he's probably just playing golf or something like that he seems like that kind of remember when he had that talk show for a while that was like a, like a Larry oh King kind of like knockoff yes like early 90s right yeah yeah, yeah like that yeah yeah he, it was like around the Magic Johnson show era yeah and, but it was more like a Larry King style format where he had callers and he just kind of sat in the studio by himself. It wasn't a live studio audience and all that. Like, was it? Was it funny? I don't think so. And the but it was funny because I remember on the Dana Carvey show, like they're doing a, a parody of the Charles Grodin show because it, <laughs> it was like so. Maybe that's my memory of the Charles Grodin show. Is, you sure? Is the Dana Carvey show sketch of it, but it's just like he would just like pontificate on like random stuff and just be like, you know, like, oh man, oh, that's you know, I I don't know why Warner Brothers didn't like me, you know, or whatever, and I just gonna have uh and margaret on next week <laughs> she's a lovely woman <laughs> that's i love that's the best part about dana carvey too is he'll take like the kernel of something like that and go at it the most ridiculous way possible and that's why he's so great <laughs> like no one else would do a charles grosen sketch even if it was topical then like yeah, it's the yeah. only one that you or i have ever heard of yeah yeah like, <laughs> we're both sketch comedy nerds and like yeah dude, and like i that's, yeah. that's the first fucking that's the only charles grosen sketch i've ever heard of i'm like he's yeah. yeah i mean i i think if he would have just tried to be more like uh Cause that, like, when he did his talk show, that was during like the, the late night war era. I feel like if he right. just would have tried to compete head on, like if ABC should have just been like, okay, we're gonna go. They got Letterman, they got Leno. We're gonna bring out G- Groden. <laughs> you know who people want to hear from? Groden. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been all over that. I was a huge Letterman kid growing up. But- I say, I say, bring it back. Maybe that's the thing, Scott. Is we approach Groden and we say, listen. We bring back the old talk show format. We do it once a week. Charles, what do you think? Like Merv Griffin style. Get the last 
It should that it should be marketed as his last show. <laughs> the last Charles Grodin show, and just every week it's the this one's the last. We all know this will be my last show. Last show. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually it will be. Yeah. And it's like, oh well. <laughs> and it's literally the last series he does. So I feel like that works. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, you know, I commit to doing this till I can't do it. <laughs> but the problem is, I think I bet you cash money besides probably middling ratings because the rating system that was so terrible, like the biggest talents of our time got canceled there. I mean, I the hate time. it when celebrities get into podcasting because it's like he probably got tired of it. Yeah, he yeah. Got he, tired he, of it. he didn't give a you shit. You picture Grodin and you picture him like a year, two years in going, I think I'm good with this. He's like, and I got Beethoven money. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's got Beethoven three money. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> like... He's he's got a cool house in Beverly Hills or something. He sits by his pool. He's got a great wife. Everything's fine. Yeah, like I I like to see the think though like he'd be good in a podcast because I don't really like it when celebrities podcast because I feel like it's like uh it's like you know Jeremy Piven doing or when they get into stand up it's like you're already famous for something else. Like let people yeah, why, let nobody's let, do this shit, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah, that's a whole weird. That's a whole weird deal. And like then the like, Bruce, like the Bruce Springsteen or Barack Obama podcast. It's like you guys like literally have both reached the top of your chosen professions. Like, of, of course, there's lots of comics that would, if they were famous and really wanted to do comedy, and they got famous from acting before comedy, right? They would do or before they like got super into comedy, like that's there's very few that if those people that are already doing comedy now in real life would choose to go backwards to do stand-up comedy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. go fucking drink pbrs and like barely get a spot on a list or like yeah, go yeah. to a go to a place and not get paid and blah 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 yeah no one no one would actually choose being a stand-up if that was an option like you know <laughs> it's like oh it's like if i already had a huge podcast like, like dude right you're up. fucking ari dude <laughs> you're literally ari <laughs> <laughs> no way i'm not ari <laughs> no no uh to piven oh yeah no but, like yeah. like you had an iconic emmy winning run whether you liked the show or not like he was amazing yeah like he 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 you know so it's like and he had okay. a good character actor movie career too i think i'll wear a fedora put on a vest and head out to the mics <laughs> yeah you know what i need to do i need to go hey bomb no a... hate on jeremy piven i don't know that guy He's i need to go oh i've <laughs> i've hated on his stand up plenty of times already on this show like, yeah, yeah yeah i mean like, obviously i think that's ludicrous but whatever to dude, use their own i guess piven piven like though like i love how he picked the la like or the laugh factory was only the only la club to truly accept him that really makes me laugh hard. Like he can't get really, can't really get up at the comedy store with improv. Like that's really, really funny to me. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, but maybe that's like, I think obviously those are all fine establishments, but what, what, <laughs> I guess laughter, the laugh factory would be a place to go figure it out and then do the, the comedy store. Yeah. Or you sell it at, you, 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 you own it at the laugh factory and sell it at the comedy store. That's, it's his flappers. Is that, <laughs> I think flappers is, is still below the pivot level. The pivot's is like, I don't know what flappers is. I'm not going <laughs> over there, babe. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been like when I lived out there I never, I didn't, I didn't go there just, and I all heard about how horrible it was before and after and why I lived there. So we're not, you know, not horrible, but just like, 
the stories were like, I want to, I'd love to go. Let's go. But I've, also like, I've it sounds like, like twice a, a hellscape to get there and stuff. Yeah. yeah downtown Burbank sucks. Like, uh, there's anti-smoking laws and you can't have a comedy club where there's anti-public smoking laws. I'm talking like on the sidewalk outside. Wow. Comics That's need weird. to be able to gather and smoke cigs and smoke, and smoke joints after shows. That's just a yes. fact. Like there, even if you're not a smoker, there needs to be that comic smoker circle outside of a club. It's the only thing that keeps these places healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what will they take away next? The yeah. cigarette area? My bookie.ag? <laughs> they will never take that away. They're going to keep that oil barge off the coast of Barbados running all day, baby. Yes, that, that's what we that's what we need. <laughs> I think AG My bookie dot AG. I think it's Argentina dot AG or Okay. Okay. Got I think it. I've actually looked this up on the on there on here before and then like I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's cool that they're supporting the show. And yeah. uh if you've got a big sports bet coming up or if you want a nice prop on whether or not Scott's gonna have uh a ridiculous EKG readout in two weeks. Oh man! Head over to mybookie.ag. If you want to live your, your bank account, hey, once I get my heart monitor installed, maybe people can live bet my EKG ratings because they'll just be nonstop taking them as I walk around. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm sorry that was like scandalously horrifying. Um, I definitely feel like it. It reminds me of like just like you live in Vegas, like staying there. It's like where you stay. Like the other hospital sounds like, you know, certain places I've stayed that are super nice. And you're like, wow, I love this hotel room. And then this hospital sounded like the one I went to two summers ago for the NBA Summer League when I was driving back from L.A. to Colorado. <laughs> and and it was like horrifying. And I left my electronic toothbrush there. And I'm like, I'm not going back. Yeah. Like, yeah hey. I, 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 I there's I, no one there is going to help me. It's gone. I'm writing that one no. off. Like, yeah, you just got to go yeah, get a new electronic this toothbrush. Is Cost cost of doing business of an item I never want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, yeah, I, I'm. I'll figure it out. It, it is funny though, because like lately I have been having a thing of people hitting me up, wanting to come and visit me in the town or whatever. But they'll literally hit me up at the last second, like midnight on a Tuesday. Like, hey man, I'm an hour away. What Anything are you doing cool right going now? on? Yeah, what are you doing? Right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> it's like fucking sleeping, getting ready for work in the morning. Jag off, like. I'm going to get great insurance in the morning. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have the 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 workers' comp insurance people stick it to me because that's always a fun thing I oh, want to wake man. up to every day. But no, I'll be I'll be fine, dude. I'm not really worried. It's, it is funny though. Like this, I'm looking at this medical printout right now, and it looks like the one part. It really looks like watch. I'll put it up to the camera. Here. Doesn't it look more like a, like a car repair fucking thing? Or they just checked off. Like, it you, does. It look. It looks like you you went to Grease Monkey and yeah. they put in a, a new air filter and you got new wiper blades. Yeah. And then you de- you declined all the other shit. That's exactly what it looks like, dude. Like it. <laughs> and that's and like it's good to know that the American healthcare system is on the same level as Jiffy Lube. <laughs> it really, dude. It's uh, it's really shocking. Like that looks like. Uh, ditto paper where you have to press hard with your pen or a dot matrix or something. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, I think it was dot matrix actually. I'm not even kidding. Like Vegas, Vegas hey, is still buying Apple II GS printers from the, 1988. No, it's not dot matrix. But dude, that's the place I trusted, man. 
the other place, dude. Like I, I honestly <laughs> thought I was gonna get knifed in that ER waiting room, dude. Like, like I was, like I was saying, right be, <laughs> like I was telling you right before we started recording, it was like somewhere on the darkness comedy spectrum of like somewhere between an Always Sunny episode and a Todd Solondz movie. <laughs> and if you're wow. not if you're not familiar with Todd Solondz, I check, recommend checking out oh, ha- no. Happiness or Happiness. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah, Happiness. Yeah, or uh, it's been a minute, but I well, I like what? I think Welcome to the Dollhouse is probably the better movie because, but Happiness is the one that'll stick with you longer. So maybe that is the better one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse is like I feel like his best movie, right? Yeah, yeah, I do too. Like that, that's a really good one. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but happiness is like, happiness was like, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was so good. Anyway, that, yeah, that yeah. heroin made me think of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, how do you feel like your experience is living there overall? Do you feel like it's similar? Like, we don't need to go into all of it, but I mean, based on how, how long have you been there? Two years, two years and like two weeks. Yeah. So it'll be, on do the, you feel like every, every day? Yeah. What's that? Do you, do you feel uh, like every day is like that? Like it could be a day where you're like at Caesar's Palace metaphorically and then the next day you're like in Fremont Street and you, there, there's no one will let you use the bathroom. No, no, I rarely go to those. <laughs> if I'm going to go to a casino, I'll go to either Red Rock or uh, Suncoast on my side of town. Like they're more like the resort type spots. Like sure. they're like five minutes from me. And I just meant, I just meant the extremes of like, <laughs> I feel like it'd be like a jungle to live there. Like I have put other friends that live there too. And it's like, so I feel like it's chill, but also intense all at once. I like it. Cause I live like way out in like the foothills suburbs, like on the Northwest side. So it's like, I'm pretty far away from the madness. So I kind of like, like, but I do work like two blocks from the madness. So I do see it pretty much every day. (laughs) Like, I mean, sure. But like, it's nice knowing I can get away from it. Like it's, it's, it's like, that's cool. And like my condo community is pretty chill. Like it's beautiful. Are, yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, I did have a kid throw a fucking rock at me like a couple like what was it last weekend or whatever. Like that kind <laughs> just of driving down the street. No, like I, like no, because like I was on my balcony having a beer, and this kid fucking uh, these group of uh, condo community hoodlums fucking like they're one of them threw a rock and I don't think he saw. I don't know if he could see me standing there because I have a tree kind of covering it. To pop me in the back of the neck. I turn around, I like, "Hey, what the fuck?" Like, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, dude. Like, that, that's like 1950s mischief. Yeah, yeah. It's like get a fucking slingshot, <laughs> hey, hey, Dennis the Menace. Hey, yeah, seriously. Why don't you go ding dong ditch somewhere else? Yeah, you fucking. You got Prince Albert in a can down there, you little dick. Fucking. <laughs> you guys are the tech generation. Learn how to steal Dogecoin, you motherfuckers. Like. <laughs> Yeah, go do a white collar crime yeah. and figure it out before everyone else. Yeah, you guys could be getting away <laughs> with a lot of white collar crime before your 18th birthdays. Figure it out. <laughs> you just don't want it bad enough. I love how there was like that whole like group of like teenage kids like that discovered Robin Hood during the pandemic and like didn't realize they were starting their own pump and dump scams <laughs> on Twitter and TikTok and stuff. Like Yeah, yeah. It seems insane that they got away with all that. I mean they didn't know any better, but it is pretty funny, like if they did have like some like like Michael Douglas Wall Street type guy like whispering in their ear, you just hey kid, you just need to do this. I, I, I don't know if I can do Michael. Keep Douglas. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> hey kid, I think I can do Michael Douglas. Hold on, I, I got to get in the get in the pocket. I, I can I can also do it, but I take it's going to take me a minute. You think I don't get cancer eating pussy? <laughs> <laughs> 
That was like uh, Harvey Firestein, Michael Douglas. <laughs> you got the as you got the extra rasp, so the tone was right, but the rasp made it too you know growly. But now he's got like the the Douglas the turkey polyps. He's got the D- Douglas waddle, so it's like, man, he's really been through a million things, and and it's a, it's a, incredible. But uh, dude, the guy who does the best um, Michael Douglas impression ever is Josh Fadum. Oh. He, he he died like any show that i show up at probably about 60 percent of the shows i'll be like dude can you just please do michael Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> like i never you never i never do that ever i'm never like hey i love your whatever joke i don't give a fuck josh fadum is hilarious to me and everybody josh else. is one of my favorite probably my favorite <laughs> comic to be honest with you like yeah he's right up there for me and like yeah like yeah, he's, through, right, he, he's right up there for me and he'll be like um he'll be like uh <clears throat> He'd be like, uh, me and the kids are great. Catherine's great. Uh, Cameron's back out of uh, the the, uh, the facility, so he's doing great. Everybody's great. Dad's feeling great. He's old, but he's uh, eating mashed potatoes he, with a knife, just like when he was in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, he's great. <laughs> and I feel great. Uh, sure, sure, I've had a few curveballs thrown my way with uh, throat cancer and eating all the pussy. I didn't think that that pendulum would swing back so hard that eating that much pussy would put my life in danger. But here we are. I feel great. And, uh, I'll tell you, Catherine, the kids, you're doing great too. Nick. That's, Mo- that's my Josh Fadum doing, doing Michael Douglas. Douglas. Have you ever heard Nick yeah. Mullen on come down to his where it's like, hello, I'm gay actor, Michael Douglas. <laughs> I've not, I've not heard that, but I'm sure it's great. Yeah, it's- I'm, sure, I'm sure Nick's impression is great. Uh, and uh, everyone else thinks it's great. Everybody's got good Michael Douglas stuff going out there. It's good. Like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people forget he won an Oscar for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because he was the producer on that. Yes, dude, that guy is definitely. I feel like, obviously, he's a Hollywood actor, family man, but like, he definitely earned his keep in Hollywood. Oh yeah, dude, he's like. I mean, because he like, he, he's done it like like everything. Diff- yeah, every he's done like every angle of it. Yeah, like and him and Danny DeVito, just the fact that how they they've teamed up over the years of like produced they've been like producing oh, yeah. partners forever. Like he's done it all, man, and uh, he's still kind of doing it. Like he was in that uh, that um, series about the Kaminsky method. Uh, that's, that's right. amazing. Yeah, he was just in that, and I think he might have gotten nominated for it. The show certainly did. I really uh, like, but, it- but he was great. He's un- he's still unbelievable. Loved I love fucking uh, be- beyond beyond the candelabra, the Liberace. Oh movie. yeah, definitely. He was great at that, and I like honestly, once it reopens, I'm hitting like one of the first things that Eric Edelstein and Benny Arthur are coming out to visit me in here in Vegas, oh, and sure, we're sure. going to fucking the Liberace Museum together. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I love that. That's what, did, I, I've not been, I've not been. That sounds like somewhere I gotta go too. Yeah, dude. Like I, that's I think that's gonna be the kind of place where I have to get the the membership at. <laughs> Someone, a guy. There's a guy here named Brett Saunders who's like the number one morning DJ here forever. He's actually on a station that's still pretty cool. It's like it's called KBCO World Class Rock. It's like a heritage uh, album oriented rock station, right? Oh, awesome. So they like they were like the type of people that like played big records before they were big and like broke records and things like that. But um, I think yesterday or the day before, he was like, <laughs> he was like, Liberace's the, at my top of my list of artists who I care about more than their music. Yeah. Like, like where he's so, he loves just Liberace. Yeah. And then the music's also good versus 
being hooked by the music and then they have this incredible personality. He just like loves Liberace. Yeah, he was like a child prodigy. When yeah, he, when he was like a little he's, kid, he's like, fascinating, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a really, really interesting guy. It's like he—he's not just like one of the first like celebrity AIDS deaths, which I think a lot of people kind of lump him into. Which is sure. like with, same with like uh, the other guy, Rock Hudson, where it's sure. like they had fucking crazy cool careers, though. Like, right, right. That that shouldn't be the annotation. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, yeah. That shouldn't be the thing that's brought like Liberace's one of the greatest piano players of all time. I mean, like whether like at least that we've seen and like and the fact that he did it with flair that's the that's what i think that's what the, that dj's talking about i was like dude the guy had like a diamond studded rolls royce that he drove out on the stage here in vegas like, he was like his own he was like his own prince of piano you yeah know? he was yeah. like he, he was like his own um he's like i mean little nas x is maybe not quite the same but like he's his own style obviously and like he, you know he's his own like thing Period. Yeah, because like I don't even think of him as I mean obviously like he, he's a musician. How, how is he a how is he a Batman villain? You know? Oh, <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you have or haven't, there is that, uh, yeah, the, he was the old Adam that, that old Adam West Batman. Like he would like I was like Liber like as a kid, like I even like of course just like no one was like Liberace, so it was like, all right, what is Liberace about? And I, as a kid trying to figure it out, I was like, Oh, and he can be in Batman. What, like he was, he was in a million cool things. One of my friends growing up in Whittier lived next door to Liberace's sister. I think it was. Oh really? Yeah. So like I've always kind of, I've always kind of been fascinated with it because of that. And like, and also it's just like I don't know. There's something funny about people. Like it's the same thing I feel like about like uh, the Sopranos. Like and like some of these like the gangster movies and stuff. Where, like the awful, go the worse and more gaudy and awful a suit is, the funnier it is <laughs> to me. Like. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> just like you, you thought you could pull that off and you did, but also just really more than that you did. You thought you could pull that off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's a, there was a guy who I, who I used to work with privately here named Reggie McDaniel. And he was like this great movie critic guy here in Denver forever. And he would, he would talk about, um, I like before Tim Heidecker and those guys, like he would talk about how many, I think like buckets of popcorn or, you know, I'm sure that the million rating systems are like that. Right. But he would talk about uh, a Harry Potter and he, he, he loved talking about Harry Potter and, but he would come into to the studio and it's like all these boring, like radio dudes in suits or like DJs that are like super stressed out. And Reggie McDaniels comes in with like, a freaking like train length purple suit with tails, <laughs> tails literally dragging on the ground. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, this guy, I, forget about the fact that like, he sounds amazing on the air. He's so authoritative and ridiculous. And then in real life, he's wearing like a maroon suit, a purple suit, an orange suit oh, every man. time. And you're just like, dude, this guy, I love this guy there, anyway there sorry. was a guy on sports Purple talk suit, radio suit, uh, in la similar to that vic the brick jacobs and he lived in whittier and i ran him at the gas station yeah. once but like uh he had this cool voice be like feeling you everybody kobe bryant playing at the downtown hoop dojo tonight like he would he, like, <laughs> <laughs> he had like this cool like like brooklyn vibe or whatever and he was really funny but yes. like 
when you looked at him, he wore these velvet hats and he had like long dreads with the cr- the craziest like mustache that like sideburns that like cut under the mustache into the mustache and it, like went. It was like so he looked like you hear him on TV and like hear him on the radio and you you think like oh yeah he's probably just some like New York like Frankie Valley yeah. looking type guy. <laughs> like it, it turns out he looks more like Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks. Like. <laughs> That's fun. I love when that stuff happens, don't you? Oh, Where yeah. You're just completely blown away. You're like, oh, my God. Who is what? There's a, I had another, no idea. Another one, San Diego Sports Talk Radio election, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And Brody mm. Stevens used to do an impression of him. And oh, like, that. like uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton like would be like, Escondido, I'd like to hear from you tonight. What do you think about Philip Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> Are there any Tony Gwynn fans in Oceanside? Can I hear from someone in, you know, uh, Imperial Valley? Where are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I want to hear. I, uh, I want to hear from an Aztecs fan in Carlsbad. <laughs> I think sports talk guys are so funny. Like, oh, like some radio guys and gals are hilarious because their affectations are so ludicrous. Um, but the the guy that I think of when that comes up is two guys. When I first I was actually in radio for 15 years. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, that's right. Yeah. And, and and that was my day job out out of like out of college because I got married young and I just like I needed to get, get like a job that worked and uh, I got into media sales basically. So I did radio and TV stuff. And when I my first station I ever worked for, I graduated. I went to Boston College and then I gra- went graduated from Michigan State. Okay. And so I'm in Lansing, Michigan. And I get this job at the Were local radio station. Were you there at the same station. time Mike Burns was at Michigan State? I forget what year he graduated. <clears throat> um, yes. Uh, well, I don't know. Around the same time. We're about the same age, I feel like. Yeah, I think he graduated. I want to say he graduated there like 98, 99, something like that. Yeah, I graduated in 2000. Okay. So, yeah, we were. We, there's some overlap there. Um, but <laughs> this, this station I went work for had six radio stations. One of them was the lowest rated and lowest wattage station of all six. Okay. <laughs> at, Li- at Liggett Broadcasting, which was a family owned mid Michigan radio station. And then they were bought by Citadel uh, while I was there. But this station had a guy named David, the mad dog, the And he, and that, and he was from Jersey and he was the best guy ever. If, if he, if, by every chance hears this, please, Mad Dog, Dave, reach out. It'd be great to catch up with you. <laughs> but he was like, I was, I was a young pup, and he was uh, like this kind of legendary guy. But when you, he sounded like this on the radio. He sounded like Sebastian Maniscalco was uh, more chilled out. He's, he had, <laughs> he, he had, he had a, he had a producer named Dump Truck, and he, and he would go, he go after the break. Hey, hey, Dump, what kind of tickets we got? Hey, Dump. <laughs> or hey truck <laughs> hey. and 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 i have i still have uh i still have or maybe it might be at carl hess's house but it might i still have the uh the mug of mad dog david demarco and like just seeing hearing him on the radio and then seeing him he wore like michael jordan like balloon ass khaki pants that were like pleated <laughs> and he wore these colorful golf shirts like Tony Soprano. And, yeah. Well, they, no, he wasn't like mobbed out, but he was like classy. He looked cool. He's a handsome okay. guy. But, he, and then he had like, 
like he's a handsome guy. He had like male pattern baldness, like down the widow's peak, but like curly hair. And it was just like, when I got to meet the mad dog, it was the coolest thing ever because I was 100% as blown away as, uh, as what we mentioned earlier, where the voice just like (laughs) fucks you up when you see the person. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) I wish you got, I got to send you a picture of Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Cause he like, like a 55 year old guy with a push broom mustache, like transition (laughs) glasses and a bowl cut. Radio name. I worked with a guy named Lee Hamilton, but he was like a he was like a country guy. He didn't, yeah, he didn't have the bowl cut and push broom, because like the bowl cut no. made it so hilarious. Because like when you see him, you're like, I'm not expecting a grown man with like an eight year old boy haircut. Like, <laughs> no, dude. Like if you if you talk to the owner of the Raiders, and uh, and you and you'd never seen what Mark Davis looked like, and then you went to a meeting, yeah, dude. you would be like, oh, it would dude. take me. It would take me ten minutes to get my shit together. I'd be, I'd be like, "Do you want another cup of coffee?" Oh god! <laughs> like, hey, Do you guys need anything? This I just guy's gotta, a billionaire. Right <laughs> this guy's a fucking billionaire. And like, the funniest thing about Mark Davis is, is like, we know his dad had some panache. Absolutely, and I, and to be fair to him, I don't. When he talks, I, I, I steal a little Al Davis sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But like Al Davis he's, looked cool. He's definitely his kid. No, yeah. Right. Al Davis looked like like uh, Vin Scully, but like the Fonzie Vin Scully. He was like the Fonzie Vin Scully. Dude, he had like like a Jack Nicholson vibe about him, kind of. like <laughs> Absolutely. He, like he had the slick back hair, the track suits, the fucking badass glasses with like the gold chain around his neck. Dude, Al Davis was he he, cool. he flexed he he flexed pretty hard. Yeah, like he was the man. Like, but Mark, I don't know how you have a son that looks like that. Like, if you're that that cool, like, how do you have a son that's like, like it happens? Man. How does the literally Fonzie had Opie? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's Fonzie the, had it. Yeah, that, that is because that's he's Fonzie's like face shape. And cool, and definitely, and Opie's like plainness. But to be fair to Opie, Opie had a cooler haircut than that. Yeah, Opie did have a better haircut. <laughs> so did Richard Cunningham. So did everybody. You know, <laughs> I am a fan though of billionaires with bad haircuts and like bad teeth because I feel like that's the oh, first I thing. That. I feel like that's the first thing you get perfect when you, when you're that that rich. Like, absolutely. I think it's cool that. I mean, I also to each their own, right? Like. Yeah. I think there's comedy stars that have gotten like major work done and they're like obscenely hot now. And like, not like they weren't before. Like I thought they were hot or beautiful or whatever the deal, but fucking like they go the other extreme and you're like, damn, that person like went, I'm going to be an A-list actor and be in every big Marvel movie five. And then the ones that are still like have super crooked yellow teeth. I'm like, yeah. Keep it real. Yeah, <laughs> yes. This is who you are. You can put in cool teeth for a cool teeth roll. Otherwise, give me that yellow. Yeah, give me some fucking yellow fucking snaggle teeth there. Like a give me of... give me some Bob Seeger tic tacs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like give me like some a, fucking like a rock. <laughs> give me somebody that smoked four hundred packs a day and like <laughs> I mean, that'd it's be a hanging on. Bob Seger parody song instead of like, dude, like a rock, but make it like, I eat rocks. Oh, my <laughs> teeth are fucked up. I eat rocks. Man, uh, Bob Seger. Um, <laughs> I am from Detroit. I do love Bob Seger. But Bob Seger uh, <laughs> animated anything would be unbelievable. 
Oh my God. Like, do you ever see- Can you imagine? Old, like, see, I'd look for it. Well, how about this? But Seeger and Groden. Seeger writes a really thoughtful deal and Groden's brooding through whatever that script is, but okay. giving us Groden, Groden nuggets of comedy. I think there's already like a precedent for something like this. Remember the old uh, um, Kid Seager Notorious? Remember that Comedy Central cartoon, Kid Notorious? I don't know. With, uh, Maybe describe it. It was about Robert Evans, the producer of The Godfather in Chinatown. Yes, now I remember. Yes, I love it. Every- with Robert Evans producer voice is hilarious and where he played robert <laughs> evans and like slash played best friends in it it was like a buddy cartoon show about slash and fucking robert evans hanging out was it really slash yeah yeah it was like slash was slash and, the voice i believe yeah 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 like it was okay, like, okay. they got the voices i remember that part Sla- i remember the robert <laughs> evans part <laughs> but same idea but just make it groden and seeger yeah man well, dude like i think juxtapose things that like people aren't expecting that are just good jokes in that packaging is the best how about Groden and Seeger open up a detective firm in uh truth or consequences New Mexico (laughs) they open up a what in truth or consequences A, a private detective firm oh my god well, they're, they're just like bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah they're, <laughs> they're, they're out looking for scores. Like one of them is more about the bounty and the hunt, and one of them is more about the, clu- the, cl- the clues. The cl- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, you know, for all the big shots. I think, I think, I think Seeger's the muscle, and I think Groden's figuring shit out. <laughs> See, on the last episode, I, uh, I pitched a sketch show idea where it's just uh, different sketches of how Mr. Belvedere can sit on his balls. And so, oh, you told me that I think about Belvedereing is sitting on your balls, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you ever heard that? You heard that story where Mr. Belvedere sat on his balls and no, I didn't know. Someone maybe it wasn't you. Someone in a message recently told me about Belvedereing, and I didn't know anything about it. Okay, yeah, it's when he sat on your balls. But I love Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> yeah, apparently he he either sat on his balls at a table read. To recap last week's episode, he either sat on his balls at a table read or the Hollywood Christmas parade. But my contention is he has big balls and he did it at both. Like, he's, oh my god, he's always, yeah. That's just how he. That's just how he was made. Yeah, you got to bel- you know, belvedere yourself. But uh, oh my god, good so, old Christopher, so, good old Christopher Hewitt. If Comedy Central just give me like an hour block once a week, half hour of it would be Mister Belvedere sit on his ball sketches, and then the other half Charles Grodin and Bob Seger fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're hitting like they need stuff like that demographically. Like that's why they, you know, that's very much obviously like dude, mostly dudes from ages whatever to whatever. Yeah. And we've grown up and we're spending money, and you know, people want to see Seeger and Groden team up. Yeah, we do. Like this is the this is a high end. This is you're gonna be running Charles Schwab commercials with uh, this this show because it's gonna be such a high end. Uh, demographic i'm bringing in on Groden and Seeger. five years ago if we brought this up it'd be like oh this is it sounds kind of cliche whatever no in the last five to ten years every insane idea is being made yeah so it's like Seeger and Groden sounds like a pretty good idea yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like to your point about like you know sports talk or whatever it's like that's an affluent like um disposable income type audience yep. And guess what? They love Seeger and Groden. Some fraction of them are going to be like, oh, I'm done with sports talk for today. I'm going to have a drink of beer, whiskey, or, or fucking Coca-Cola, for God's sakes. And I'm going to go on a magical journey 
with Bob Seeger because I want to go on that journey, but then Groden's going to be there to make me feel good. Oh, dude, and we'll have uh, fucking uh, Jane Fonda play their no-nonsense boss. I mean, I feel like that's a huge get. Now you're bringing in a whole new world. That's un- that would be unbelievable. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm thinking big, dude. Yeah, I think big. Fonda with Fonda would be unbelievable. Are you kidding me? Because you know, it's a nice, it's a nice show for her though too. Because when she's not doing highfalutin dope fucking movies and TV, she could be at home fucking recording a couple, uh, a, couple a voiceover like, a couple like a times small, a week. Yeah, just like two lines a week or whatever with her. You know, like yeah. And, she okay. has a couple hours in the booth and she's done. Here's the thing: is I feel like if I aim for Fonda, I can always settle on like a Deborah Winger. <laughs> <laughs> Debra Winger would be unbelievable. She would be a pretty big get. You see, with Winger, Winger would probably be a bargain. Right, obviously, here's, relative here's, to here's some, right here's some of the ones I would want, like uh, Barbara Hershey. Uh, Liz, oh, unbelievable. Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGovern would be another good one. Oh, uh, oh my god, that'd be that would be. How about Elizabeth Perkins? Elizabeth Perkins would be fantastic. Yeah, like see, maybe you, oh, Jamie man. Gertz has all the money in the world. She's fine. She could come. She do would it. be pretty cool. Yeah, like see, there's a lot. I feel more people need to write for older women because they push them to the side too quick in Hollywood. Yes. Write badass roles. For, I, we just named a fucking A-list, like Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, dude, okay, wait, Scott. If we're going like whole universe, I feel like if you got great writers on a thing where it's still Seeger and, and Grodin, um, and Grodin but the, their boss is Holly Hunter. Oh shit! And she and she's like solving the crimes, and she's telling everybody what to do, and then they get to come punch it up. Okay. I, I mean, like she's the funniest person on the show because she's Holly Hunter. She's but, Holly Hunter. But, yeah. but 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 the other guys are doing the like wacky shit, and she's keeping them on course because she's a badass and they're idiots. Yeah, it's kind of like uh um like uh the, the other guys with Will Ferrell. She and Mark Wahlberg. She's the Mark Wahlberg. And they combine <laughs> to be the Will Ferrell, Seagard. Yes, yes, and mainly Seagard's. You know, they're always telling him to, that that there's time for playing music and there's time for action. Yeah, yeah. Seagard's always and he's walking constantly, around. With his he's guitar. constantly. That's it. <laughs> when they're figuring shit out, he's noodling shit out, and they're like, "Bob, just come on, get it together, Bob." Yeah, because it's, t- t- it's telling Bob to give it a rest because he's Bob Seagard. That's the thing is Bob. they're not they're not playing characters. Groden and Seeger are playing themselves. That's the big thing. <laughs> Seeger's like smoking a cigarette throughout most of the show with a with a guitar on his lap. <laughs> if they're in the car, he should be doing that also. He can also oh, have like a Stroh's beer. I feel like uh, like I I'm trying to think of big get cameos for this too. I think Kevin Costner could make a fantastic one. Like he, he's got the vibe oh, I'm looking God. for on this. <laughs> Costner's unbelievable. Costner's underrated like he had a string of you know weird movies but like he's also a huge star and they're not all golden whatever yeah i mean um, but but he's like he's cosner is super underrated i feel like i agree because like just look at his run of the 80s of like the untouchables bull durham field of dreams where like he was just knocking it out of the park for like he was, robin hood that, that looking back that movie doesn't quite hold up as great that was a huge hit at the time. Like that's it, right? It showed that he was capable of carrying something. He didn't even have an accent. He just was like the, he was the only Robin Hood who was like, "I'm from Iowa." You know? yeah. Like he, <laughs> he was like, "Little John, let's go." Hey, Will Scarlet, <laughs> get over here! <laughs> yeah, get over here! Oh my pump god! Up the volume. Slay, 
Christian Slater. Slater. I'd have to check back in on that. I feel like he did try to do a bad accent, didn't he? I think he did. Like, you, we had the same father. You'd say, like, father funny. Or, I got to watch that again. Because also, I mean, all the, like, the weirdly racist comments towards Morgan Freeman throughout of the painted man, the painted man. <laughs> It re- it really shows you that nothing's ever been different. <laughs> yeah. But then later that year, he did JFK for crying out loud, which is still one of my favorite. I love that movie. It's, it's great. Um, like it's one of the it's greatest. Un- and if you like JFK stuff last weekend, I recorded a, a JFK assassination special on the Patreon. So subscribe to the Patreon, everybody and check out my thoughts on JFK. I did like an hour and a half or two hours on it or something. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I was pretty drunk. Uh, <laughs> the, I will, my last uh, sleeper Cosner recommendation would be uh, Three Days to Kill. Uh, it's a nice movie. Uh, it's, a, it's a father-daughter movie, so that like has bearing for me. I have kids, things like that. But it's it's a, Haley Steinfeld is like his daughter, and she's like uh, he's like neglected her because he's a hitman their whole their whole life. I think and, I've and, seen that. Yeah, that movie was dope. And, and it was like it's not like good or anything, but it's like for what it is, it's sick. Like there's scenes in like we're at the airport in Croatia, like shooting it out and stuff. And then there's all you know, there's just like you know, there's emotional stuff in it. Cosner really brings it. He, okay? He's great, dude. Draft Co- Connie Nielsen, Connie Connie Nielsen's his wife. I love it's Draft fantastic. Day, man. I, that's a that's a classic for me. You know, it was really good. Draft that, Day. Did you see the Hatfields and McCoys History Channel miniseries he did with Bill Paxton? No, but I would love to see that. Oh, dude, you it's it's like four hours long or whatever. It's like two two hour parts. But dude, well, yeah. Costner and Paxton, that's good. Can't Costner plays the head of the the Hatfields and fucking I, I remember it happening. I I just never got around Paxton to it. Paxton plays the head of the McCoys and dude, Tom fucking Berenger is in it. Even better because he's great in those roles. Yeah, he plays like the uh Cousin James Vance, who's a real nasty prick. I might have seen I might have seen one or two episodes of this because I, I remember Behringer. Behringer always brings it. He's another one who I love. Like, because for years I thought of him as like, oh, that's Jake Taylor from Major League. And then Yeah, but he's so good in like shoot to kill, he's great. Yeah, and then I see him in the substitute, and it's like, oh, oh dude, my god, he's a badass. He can pull out. Behringer can pull off more than you think. He's great in um, Training Day. Um, oh he's, yeah, he's dude. Good in a lot of stuff. I was just talking to a buddy Gettysburg. Of, I was just talking to a buddy at work about this. How like in the '90s there was like two genres of like high school like teacher movies, right? There was the Dangerous Minds, Michelle Pfeiffer, Freedom Riders, Hillary Swank type movies, right? And then there's yes. the fucking like Tom Behringer, The Substitute, or like. Samuel Jackson, like, Samuel Jackson of one eight seven, where it's like they're basically hunting and killing their students. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and like principally those. It's so funny because like Samuel Jackson in particular would always do a movie like that right after he did a bunch of like super broad dope movies where yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mo- mo- moms like it, yeah. and then and then all of a sudden he's like. <laughs> 187 they're like i don't like this at all <laughs> <laughs> where he's playing russian roulette with the local gangsters and stuff like 
He's going to teach the lessons the, the real hard <laughs> the way. Hard, the hard knocks way. Like, this, this guy's from yeah. the, the school of hard knocks, definitely. Island of Dr. Moreau shit. No, because I think, like, there's a scene in that where he, like, drugs one of the kids. Like, one of the kids is doing graffiti on the side of the freeway, and he, like, shoots an arrow at him with, like, a trank dart on it, and then cuts his finger <laughs> off and sends it to him, like, as a message. Like, Wow, that's super fucked up. I don't remember that, but that sounds, that's hilarious. But, yeah, then the, the other version of that is, like, Fucking Michelle Pfeiffer and Dangerous Minds being like, I'll I'll get to these tough kids. I'll teach them Bob Dylan lyrics. <laughs> it just the answer is still blowing in the wind, screenwriter yeah. from from nineteen ninety one. And like the worst part of that, my mom taught uh, uh, like my mom taught around that time, and she she really thought like Michelle Pfeiffer did. That's what I do. It's like mom, you teach fifth grade at La Colima Elementary. Like your heart. <laughs> You're hardly at Compton Centennial right now. Like, get a grip. Like, well, she was, she was, you know, she's probably firm and but fair, just like Michelle. Yeah, you know, you guys. She, was, I'm she, she, she wasn't letting him. She wasn't letting him skate on certain shit. No. Scott. And I'll listen to Coolio with them. That, that was the yeah. That was the song from that movie, Gangsters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw a clip uh, the other day of them doing that in Howard Stern. So like show like acapella, and they're. It was like just a little quick video about how much more soulful it sounds when there's no auto tune. Oh yeah, that makes like sense. like on any like on any song, it was like this is the last big hit before auto tune, and it was like, it was like, damn yeah, that guy's that guy who sings the hook is so good. Yeah, he's like really bringing it there, and then you know, yeah, that's what we need. Well, more. Michelle, <laughs> you've done it again. <laughs> I guess Michelle Pfeiffer is a tie back to Scarface, which I want to do push it to the limit on my treadmill runs. So. Yes, it is. It is. A, it's, you can picture the pink and the turquoise color palette and Michelle Pfeiffer's Scarface face. You want to see an old Michelle Pfeiffer movie? You ever see Hollywood Nights? I don't think I have. I can remember the video box. She I plays think. It's, a, like a, it's like a hand-drawn thing on the video yeah, box. Yeah, it's like Tony Danza, Robert Wool. Um, okay. Mike Binder is in it. Like I think it's Mike Binder's first movie role. Um, did maybe did maybe Mike Binder write it too? I don't think so. I mean, Robert Wool might have okay. had a hand in it though. Okay, okay. But it's about a car club. In, excuse me. Uh, and allergies starting to flare back up. Uh, it's about a car club in Be- Beverly Hills. It's like their fi- their hangout. It's their final night of existence on Halloween night, and it's it's just them pulling a bunch of pranks before the place gets shut down. That sounds great. It's a good one. But Robert Bull uh, plays a guy named New Bomb Turk. There's a band called the New Bomb Turks. So, where is uh, what's Robert Wool doing? Is he? He's active on he... Facebook. I'm his Facebook friend. Are you? Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I've never encountered him. He seems, you know, I don't know what his deal is, but he's been in some good stuff. Yeah, I even liked Arliss. I know that gets a lot of hate, but I was an Arliss fan. No, because it has at least a like semi-intelligent sports story versus just comically bad. Yeah, there's funny stuff in there, and oh, I mean, I always loved him in Bull Durham. He's incredible in that. What's the other? Oh, fucking Batman! Like, dude, he's been in some <laughs> fucking dope shit, dude. Yep, good old Knox and Batman. What, what was the other one that he had? A uh... he's he he had like a run where he. I mean, he's always been a character actor, but he even had like some. Was he in the Hudsucker Proxy? I think so. I don't know. I dude, the one guy I met from like that era that's pretty cool is Gutenberg. Oh my god, my friend Alan would uh, love to chat with you about that. All he <laughs> talks about is 
is Gutenberg. And uh, he's like, Andy, next thing, we, any, next thing we do or anything like that, it's like, hey, we got to get Gutenberg. He hangs out at San Anita Racetrack, dude. Like, that's what you got to get. <laughs> you got a line on Gutenberg, I got, Scott? I got a line on Gutenberg. You, you can make a call? He's a big horse gambler. I, did, you know, I, I could probably get in touch with old Steve. He, uh, you know, he, he gave us a lot, you know? He's a funny guy. I ran into him and then I ran into Bobcat like a couple of months later and I was like, yeah, I just ran into your old boy Gutenberg. <laughs> definitely, definitely met Bobcat a bunch just because. Yeah, yeah, he's a co- comedian. And, yeah. Yeah, he's a comic and you know, live with Kate, Caitlin Gill and all that stuff. Uh, he, uh, dude, also, uh, I love Windy City Heat. And what's funny is the day I ran into Bobcat, I happened to just have, I had, saw the DVD sit on the shelf at home. I was like, I haven't watched that forever. So I threw it on. And then I went to the fucking casino and I ran into fucking Bobcat. Nice. Really, really random. He's, he's a, he's a, he did, um, he did the comedy festival here and he's, he's very nice. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the coolest, man. All right. I think we're, uh, we, we killed it, Scotty. We that crushed was, it, you dude. know. We we had a lot of medical time, and then we got into like, hey, now that the medicine problems are over, yeah, I've given like, the update. We're, we're we're just vibing. We're having a cool hang. We could talk about Groden and Seeger and Martin Short and all <laughs> all the great things was, that the world has produced for. You know what the best Martin Short sketch is, by the way, from Saturday Night Live. Remember the? Give, I would love to hear what you think that is. Uh, I definitely think it's the Secret Eye Swimming one with Harry Shearer. Oh my god, it's so funny! And I, I, I think, I think I agree. Like that's that's one of the all time. I would have to comb, I'd have to comb the vaults, but I think that's that shit makes me. I would say so that I would say that's a top five SNL all time sketch. Like it's right up there with Canteen Boy. <laughs> and, uh, well, it's it, he Martin Short is like the ultimate. Like obviously he says really funny jokey stuff, but also like it's about the delivery, right? Yeah. And everything, everything that guy does, like he's in a nose plug and a bathing cap, and <laughs> and that's all he needs, yeah. you know? Yeah, just kidding. and and it's and then there's there's structure and there's a story to that sketch, but like he's just hilarious. Like, like he's just standing, stand at, at rest. He's and Harry so Shearer funny. plays the perfect straight man in that, where he's just like yes. com- basically completely oblivious to the fact that anybody would think what they're doing is weird, and that makes it fucking ten times funnier. <laughs> He's great, and he—that's he's so good at that in general. He's so good at that, like in Mighty Wind, where he, at the end he's just in the casino and he's just a woman now, and which is obviously great and all that. But there's just no explanation. Yeah. It's just all yeah, not, yeah. they just pan, they just pan to him, and then he's he, 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 they're all in their dickies, and he's just like a woman now. I always love his cameo in Wayne's World too, as Handsome Dan, the radio DJ. He's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and he's constantly flipping around with everything, like not paying attention to what they're saying. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's. He's hilarious. That dude's hilarious and everything. Yeah, dude. He's final tap, obviously. Like, yeah, he crushes it, dude. All right, anything you want to plug on the way out, dude? Um, follow me on social media because let's get connected. You know, we're in a pandemic. Media is fragmented. May as well pile yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, you know, um, my name's Andy Jewett. It's J-U-E-T-T. And- um, I'm se- I'm se- I'm in the middle of selling a pilot right now. I hope that that goes okay. That'd be awesome. Um, it's about it's about life after the internet going away. If you'd like to put it on your major program, if you're listening to Scott's podcast, yeah. literally, yeah, uh, I, we all know the head of Comedy Central listens to the show. So come on, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But no, yeah. So I'm in the middle of that. That's really exciting, and uh, I'm actually feel like we could just talk about it since i'm not announcing it but i feel like i'm, I'm gonna do a sports show pretty soon here 
Really? And the podcast? On the ra- uh, no, on the radio here that becomes a podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and I, that's all I'll say right now, but it'll be not like your typical, like super dissecting every play and stat from the night before a show. It'll be like, it would be like a fun um, early morning uh, sports breakfast. Okay, and like a morning have, you know, type thing. <laughs> yeah, like well, it's just, but it's just me and a producer to start off. Like that's what the show is now. All right, and 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 uh, it'll be pretty fun, and I'll be able to tell you where to listen to that soon. But Hell if you yeah, follow dude. me on my stuff, you can you can uh, be a part of that, and uh, I You're, think it's going to be really fu- really so fun. So, did you grow up like growing up in Detroit? Were you a big Pistons fan, and then you adopted the Nuggets upon moving to Denver? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a still I'm still a Pistons fan. In fact. I have a Pistons hat about 10 feet away. Uh, But uh, yeah, I still care about the Pistons a lot, but I've also lived here for 21 years. Uh So, so, you know, or I've been, I've been in LA for part of that, but you know what I mean? I've been back and forth the whole time. I've had a house that I've owned here and you know, it's, it's my home. I literally right now, if we were to do this outside this podcast, you know, I live across the street from the ball arena so I can go to every basketball game. Like the most important dude the most important Nuggets fan, uh, you know, and the Jack Nicholson, baby. There's 303, the band 303. They go to some games. They go to 10 games a year. I go to 41 games. Okay? That's amazing. You'll be in the playoffs this year. Uh, I hope hope so. I will see what those, uh, what the seating is. Oh, the, yeah. the existing seat, the existing seats, even for in the building are horrific right now. So we'll see what... <laughs> the NBA and Cronky sports want to throw at us. And I'll, we'll see how many games I go to. I was hoping to like, uh, I've had, se- I've had season tickets for a couple of years. I fucking love it. I'm really hoping to go to a UNLV game at the new Allegiant stadium here. When fall comes around for football, cause I, that Ra- nice. the new Raiders stadium looks awesome, but I'm not paying NFL prices. Dude, when I was in, when I was in Vegas, I drove past the UNLV place and it was amazing. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah. So I really, want yeah, to it looks it. unbelievable. And I think it's cool. UNLV and the Raiders are sharing the stadium. I think that's pretty dope. It's gonna be. It's a. It's a super interesting thing. Plus, you've got a great hockey team there. Yeah. And uh, like, I feel like they are super well marketed there. I've um, sort of a because I'm a big UCLA fan. I was a season ticket holder for UCLA for like 20 years almost or whatever. And uh, I didn't go there, but my aunt and uncle did, and I've been a huge fan my whole life. So like, uh, I've kind of adopted UNLV as my Vegas team. Because it's sure. like it gives me a football team and a basketball team kind of to root for with it, and you know, so. I mean, there's a, there's there's some fun heritage there. It's like, why not get into the? And I love, lives? dude. I love those Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, Greg Anthony teams, dude. Like those. I, I I do too. And when I that was when I was still playing basketball, and I was like pretty decent until like high school. I just saw. Um, I, I didn't realize that. Did I saw your tweet where you're the number three ranked player in Michigan one year? Like. <laughs> well, I was like I was like pretty decent growing up. Like I was more of a defender and a hustle guy than like the most skilled guy on the court guy. Uh-huh. But, but uh, like, my fundamentals were sound. I was a tall guard until high school. I was, like, 6'2 in, like, eighth grade. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was a point guard, and I could move and pass and played really good defense. And uh, I won – I was third place in this contest. It was – Shane Battier was first place. Whoa. Um, um, this guy, Jim Spadafor, who went to Michigan. And then I was third. Was he related to Vito and, Spadafor from The Sopranos? <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's where the writer came that's up the, with the inspiration. The name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just always thought it was a cool name. That is spads. A cool name. They they called him Spads. Oh man, that's pretty cool. 
but uh, I wasn't nearly as good as those guys, but I, I played well and I, I got to Brother Rice High School, which is at times a good basketball school, really great hockey and football school. Um, you know, and, and I got fucking knocked around. I was 155 pounds. I was six, two <laughs> and I was wiry and modestly strong, but everybody that was the best football players and the cross players also played and they just knocked the shit out of me. So my uh, career is on the way up the uh, recruiting charts was not as steep as I wanted it to be. Hey, like, hey, it's hey, you know. I, f- I, f- I faded out ungracefully. <laughs> <laughs> Better than nothing. That's what I always say. Yeah, yeah, no, we had, we were like undefeated in high school. Like we won our league. Like, oh, damn. We like, we, we, we had, some, I have some like great memories of that. But also, like, I played through pneumonia and probably endangered my life. <laughs> uh, <so> cool. and, <laughs> what was like, it was like then it was like, if I didn't go to practice, there, there's no way I would play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so my dad's like, you're going to practice, <laughs> you know? And unless like I'm literally dead practically. And, on some level, it's made me super tough, but also, like, I probably didn't need to go practice that time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think uh, that's that old generation of uh, you play through, like, people think you have to play through all kinds of uh, bullshit. It's like, nah, dude, if you're hurt, like, you're sick, like, fucking don't, don't fuck that up. I'm in the same boat right now. I thought I no, had a heart yeah, right. attack. <laughs> Took a couple days off work, dude. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, there were definitely times where we were smart about it, but I played through a lot of stuff where I was like, probably should have been like, when I, play, I need to sit, get better. When I played water polo, <laughs> like there was times where I took cortisone shots for back spasms. I was like, that's stupid. Just like, why would you even do that? Like, just be, you be kind of like... well, I mean, it depends on how bad they are. Everyone's body's different. Maybe yours were horrible. Uh, they, they mean they hurt, but it's like, it was basically just so I could play. I only needed to take them. So oh, I could right. Play. Right. You know, I like, got you. You were like, yeah, yeah, yeah get back out there yeah so it's like dude like oh yeah i really needed that del rio league matchup (laughs) yeah i needed to become potentially cancerous uh over a period of time by taking not it's not like it's a sport that you could even steroids so i could get back on the field never know if i get to go to hungary and play professionally (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we all had such high hopes for all of our Stuff didn't we, Scott? It was a, it's a big achievement oriented society, and we've done some really both done some really fun things in our lives, yeah. And we're continuing to do fun, fun and, things, yeah, yeah. And so, but you know, it's so funny how like that's everyone's worth was wrapped up in like if you fought through those types of injuries when you were a kid, yeah. No, it's like, I mean, it's like this uh brutal capitalist system we live in now where it's like the, people expect, like, no, you should want a restaurant job that pays you nothing that people don't want to tip you out to risk your life and deal with all kinds of bullshit because yes. I, I need to have a boat and I own a restaurant. Like it's like, yes, it's a crock of I, shit. I think, I think comedy participates in that, but they don't think they know. They don't know. They're like, you got to do this, this, and this for 17 years before you're even a piece of shit in comedy. Yeah. And it's like, you, you realize that you sound like the biggest capitalist weirdo wrapped in a <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. flannel I've ever seen. Yeah, like, and like some people, like there's been plenty of comics like, dude, Eddie Murphy broke through huge when he was a teenager because he had the chops. Like, fuck. Right. Man. He's just born to do it. Like Michael <laughs> yeah. Jordan, like got a basketball and was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Chappelle at like 19 was incredible. Like, I mean, there's certain people that, they don't need to put 20 years in the trenches at holiday ends just to be considered something like everybody needs to work hard, but we, I think people work hard to the point where they lose their actual 
sparkle thing. Yeah, and like you know, like, where it's like you think you're uh, you're gaining your sparkle thing, but you're, you're like there's a balance between that and and wearing it to a point where you're just another comedy robot. Yeah, like like these people are like I have to do five bikes a night or whatever, but it's like okay, but like how how much of that? How much are you really getting out of that? Like, are you really self-reflecting in between each set and figuring out the kinks? Or are you just going up there and doing the same thing over and over again? Like, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there needs to be quite as much self-flagellation um, in such a toxic way, but Hey, wait, this is that's another podcast. Yeah. You know what? And I, I hope, <laughs> I hope that's one thing, this pandemic with people not being able to do mics and shows all the time. I hope that's something people realize that it's not quite that important. You don't have to have this crazy, beat yourself to death schedule every night that you, you can take a night off it's not gonna fucking kill you you know like yeah you can have a more well-balanced life and then you have more stuff to say also yeah yeah then you actually have a, a more grounded opinion in reality and can find the fucking absurdism in life like nobody, nobody needs to be clawing for the genius we're all gonna get killed by the piece of china's satellite that's falling on on the earth in the next two days yeah, that dude, we like, don't know where it where, I, we're all gonna doing, die i've been doing comedy like 19 years now or whatever and i feel like it's one of those things where it's like the longer i do it just the dumber it get i i feel like i get with it like it's just like i the thing that make me laugh the most now it's like the dumbest possible jokes like people trying to be too smart i'm like ah you're 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 obviously new <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that was it's either that i i, I fall that's what i fall I, that's why like I, I definitely hate my own twitter account but it's just like a place to vomit that type of stuff exactly so that I, I, so, <laughs> so that i don't have to do it anywhere else exactly and you like know what i'm saying to me uh like the things that make me laugh are the dumbest possible thing or absolutely the most offensive possible things there's like almost no and it's either one or the other and anything else in between i'm just not gonna like it <laughs> And that's just the way you got to. So Andy's got to go. Everybody follow the show at Lux Up Spot on Twitter and Instagram and find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lux Up Spot. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs>